Hello and welcome to a, uh, another little chat with me, Mikey Campling. It's been quite some time, hasn't it? It's been quite a while since I've recorded one of these. And if you uh, follow me on Facebook, I know you remember the Awkward Squad Facebook group, or you follow my site, remember the site, any of those things, you may well have seen the reason why. Um, I used to record these when I was out for a walk with our, our lovely Labrador, Lottie. And sadly, uh, she passed away a little while ago. Um... She was 13 years old and she had a she had a great life. She lived out in the countryside all her life um, and she was rarely on her own because I worked from home and she had lots of uh, lots of nice walks, lots of attention, lots of fuss. And uh, yeah, she was a lovely dog, a very happy dog, very gentle dog. And um, she, it was just her time, I think. She suddenly suddenly got very ill, just sort of went went downhill um, very quickly and uh, and the only kind thing to do was to take the vet to be uh, put to sleep. So, uh, yeah, it was sad and it, and it left a big uh, gap in our lives and a, a gap in our home, as uh, some of you know, or we'll have treasured pets perhaps or have had them at some point, but um, a treasured pet becomes kind of a part of the family and um, it's, it shakes things up a bit when they when they pass away. So, yeah, I uh, had some nice uh, comments and um, and emails and things from people saying saying they were sorry about it. Sorry to hear about it, which was lovely. Lots of people liked the photos of Lottie. Um, I used to think actually that uh, people preferred the the photos of Lottie to any of the other photos that I that I shared. Um, but you know, we're getting used to things. We're getting used to things. We haven't rushed out to go and get another dog because I think it's just a bit too soon. We'll, we'll have to stop and think about whether that's what we want to do. Although it's been a little while, so we're kind of getting back to. Back to normal life in uh, most of the time, you know. I still kind of think she's going to be there when I walk into the door sometimes, but uh, but hey, uh, we're moving on. And um, one of the things that that sort of uh, surprised me how much it affected me was because she was so much part of my day. It was a little part of a uh, part of my routine, really. Um, there's two walks a day and the various meals and things. Um, and the various little things that I used to do, the way she used to come with me, you know, if I was just going out in the garden or something, she'd come along. It's just that shake-up of routine. So, yeah, I used to record chats when I was out for a walk with Lottie. I used to take most of my photos, not all of them, but quite a lot when I was out for a walk with Lottie. And now I'm not really doing those walks, which is sad. And I'm hardly taking any photos, which means I've been struggling to find some to share on the website. I was going to go out. I thought I'm going to go out and take photos just just for the uh, just for the members and the subscribers and things. And it keeps raining. It keeps pouring down, which is uh, a shame because we're going into the bank holiday weekend, sort of the end of summer uh, weekend here in the UK. The kids will be going back to school very soon. And uh, yeah, it has a bit of a habit of raining around this weekend. But sometimes the sun's shining. I can see some blue sky and then uh, it just keeps pouring down. So that 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 stopped me wanting to go for a walk, to take photos anyway. I don't mind walking in the rain or running in the rain or whatever, but um, I don't really like getting uh, electronic gear wet. So uh, so I'll have to wait and see and take some photos soon. And I thought, hey, you know, here I am on a rainy afternoon. I'll, I'll record a chat um, and uh, just sort of let you know what's going on and uh, try and keep up to date with things. So after a very long um, sort of gestation period the uh the next uh devonshire mystery novel that is uh getting uh, it's taken a couple of major steps ready to being to being published it's i've 
finished the first and now the second draft and there was quite a lot of revisions. It's quite a long book. It's over 200,000 words, which is, if you think that a small, a smallish novel, something on the smaller end of a novel would be 50,000 words. So it's like four small novels or kind of three, three good sized ones. Um, or about, <laughs> I don't know, one and a bit fantasy epics. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's a fairly long one. I hope though it will read easy and read fast. I like I like things I like my books to read easy and read quick, and I think people um, like that about them. I don't think there's too much in the way of um, sort of extra scenes. Some people call them shoe le- shoe leather scenes, where you um, you're just basically going from place to place. Not keen on those, so I try to cut that down to a minimum. You know, you can get rid of that stuff in a sentence or two, and uh, we don't need to have the a whole car journey, you know, we can have somebody arriving, for instance. Um, and yeah, there's there's lots of things that I think people will be familiar with. So lots of characters, you know, Dan and Alan, of course, featuring and a new, slightly new role for them and uh, a whole new set of mysteries. And we've also got some police uh, dramas going on in the, the subplot as well. That's why it's such a long book. The three kind of uh, main threads through it and like accomplice to murder well i did the same thing i probably ought to have thought to myself well don't do that again but i've uh, i managed to bring them all together and accomplice to murder in a way that i think makes sense and uh follows logically but is yet a bit surprising which is that's kind of my aim with uh, the end of a novel by the time you get to the end you should think yeah that is i mean not maybe consciously but it it might surprise you a bit but it it doesn't jar you out of it and think, well, that's just silly. You know, you kind of think, yeah, it is. If you were to analyze it, you might say, well, it is, it does logically follow. It's just, uh, I hadn't put all the pieces together because there were so many pieces and they were introduced throughout the long book. Um, and there's lots of clues there. One of the things that I've been doing, it's not just about, uh, sort of looking for typos and so on, though it is, that is part of it. I did kind of do that a bit as a go is that as I went along, I made a list of questions for myself because I would um, come across something that seemed to me like I'd dropped an obvious breadcrumb and I needed to make a note to say, do we come back to that? Um, Because people don't like uh, clues that go nowhere or are never dealt with. It is okay to, you can have red herrings in a mystery. That's all fine. And that's part of it. Actually, I think people expect it and quite enjoy it and enjoy kind of thinking, oh, that's a red herring, surely. Uh, or is it, you know, <laughs> questioning yourself as you go along, questioning the plot. But um, you shouldn't just have kind of things that that look too random uh, in retrospect. So um, I had to go along and either go back and do what I call a bit of stitching, which is uh, which is where you you realise you've got to go, say you've, you've mentioned something later on in the book, you might have to go back earlier on, perhaps much earlier on, and weave it into what is there. And because I try to make dialogue uh, and so on, and then the actions flow quite smoothly, uh, one to the next, um, in a way that's, I hope, easy to read and makes sense to the reader and, you know, feels engaging and, and fun and interesting or exciting or whatever. Um, it is done in such a way that it's then hard to introduce something 
into the middle of it. Um, it's a bit like you imagine uh, if you you know, baked a cake and you then think, oh, we should put a bit more sugar in this recipe. Well, you kind of already baked the cake. You can't really go back. Um, so you might say to yourself, okay, well, maybe I'd, I'll put some extra icing on to make it a bit sweeter and so on, you know. So that's that's kind of a, an analogy that's just, just come uh, come to mind. Um, so, yeah, it's you to do a little bit of fancy footwork just to um, – weave something into the story in a, in a seamless way. It's kind of inv- the invisible mending of the, uh, of the writing world. I like to think of it as just, that's why I call it stitching because you've got to sort of cross stitch these little pieces in and hopefully nobody can tell that I've done that. Um, equally, there are one or two things that I took out because they just seemed a bit redundant and things were covered elsewhere or there was no real need for them. So, you know, I had, I won't tell you who it was, which character, because it might spoil things, but there was a character who was just looking uncomfortable and, uh, you know, as though he'd been rumbled a bit. And I looked at it and I thought, why, why is he looking like that? What, what's, what's the point of it? And at the time I must've had a reason for it. I must've thought, Let's make him look guilty because of such and such and such. But it escaped me. Now, I, I could not think why that person could possibly be looking like that. So it was a question of uh, taking out a few sentences and then doing the invisible mending thing of uh, putting it back together so it didn't look like anything had been cut out. Just sometimes you have to change uh, the way people are speaking to each other as a result or the way their thoughts are running. So that kind of thing. And there was there was a long list. Uh, I didn't count them up, but there was quite a quite a checklist of things to to just go through and just check. Um, because when you're looking at a piece again, all kinds of things occur to you and you think, well, I never mentioned this. I didn't say when this happened, you know, um, does it come up? And to be honest, in a book that long, it, it's hard to remember. So some of them were like, did I deal with such and such? And I could tick them off because, yes, I had dealt with them. Um, I'd just forgotten where it was. So there's been a lot of frantic kind of, uh, you know, performing find functions on the manuscript to sort of zip backs and forwards through it and think, when is this? When did that happen? What day is it? So, boy, yeah, it was a piece of work, but I, I set that out for myself. You know, I, um, I uh, what's that saying about cutting your cloth or doing you cut your cloth according to your work or something? I don't know. Anyway, um, I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'd, I'd set out this complex plot I, I plan a little bit but not very much and I often tell myself I really must plan things out but I'm not much of a planner in anything really so um yeah I'm kind of a more of an intuitive and uh, instinctive uh typewriter typewriter a type of writer I'm not a typewriter <laughs> anyway um so that is where it is I haven't touched it today, actually, because I've got to the point where I just need a little break from it. And I've got to decide on the next step. I am possibly on the hunt for a different editor. I'll see. I'm not sure. Will there be beta reading opportunities for those of you who know what that is? Um, Yeah, I think there will. So on the, um, the Street Team newsletter, which if you're not signed up for that, you might like to be. If you're one of the few people who listens to these podcasts, you're probably the kind of person who might like to be in the street team. 
Um, if you can't find it in from any of your emails, there will have been like it, one of the welcoming emails when you signed up said, uh, you know, do you want to be more involved or something like that? So you can either look for that email or you can drop me a line, mikey at michaelcampling.com and say, yeah, I heard about the street team. Can you put me on the list? There's also a Facebook group for it as well. So maybe I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do in the uh, Facebook Awkward Squad group. I will I will mention it in there and perhaps mention it in the next newsletter. Beta reading, if you're not sure, is not quite the same as having a review copy or an advanced copy or just like a free copy in advance. Um, I don't always do those uh, with kind of good reason, really. Um, at this stage, I'm not particularly sort of begging for reviews from people. Um, we'll see. There may be. There may be. I'd kind of like to reward people for their loyalty by by making that offer in, in return, hopefully, uh, for reviews and so on or feedback. But beta reading is you get the manuscript at an earlier stage. It may well be have lots of typos and things in it. And um, it's a kind of a slightly higher level reading and slightly higher level of feedback because what we want is somebody or several people who know the series, know the characters, know the settings. So probably read all the other books up to that point. Um, I don't have to have an encyclopedic memory of it. That's that's fine. Just just kind of to know in your own mind what your kind of version of Ember Vale and Dan and Alan are like so that we can see if there's anything that has uh, has kind of slipped past me. I mean, it can be things like um, characters acting out of character. Yes, characters change. Hopefully, Dan and Alan are changing slowly over the series. I don't think anybody's looking for any kind of uh, massive conversions. They have their particularly Dan has his significant moments of change as he goes on. And people like Jay have changed a lot and uh, uh, Spiller, the uh, DI or DS, depending on where you've read to, um, which is Detective Sergeant or Detective Inspector, if you're not used to the uh, the, the UK police ranks. Um, he's in most of them as well, and he changes as we go on, as, as does uh, his associate Collins. And uh, Kolkani as well, of course, is is in there. Uh, quite a few of them change ranks as we go on. So no, DC Collins stays DC Collins, I think. I don't want to give any spoilers away. And Kolkani um, goes from DC to DS during the books. So will, will DC Collins ever be promoted? Who knows? One day he's um, he's kind of young and enthusiastic. But um, yeah, he's he's gradually getting better. He's gradually getting a bit more savvy as we go on. But back to the beta reading um, point. So it's the kind of thing that people might look for is things that are out of character, plot holes, um, more mechanical type errors. I call mechanical things, um, I think I've pinched that term from theatres, sort of thing that actors say where they talk about, you know, um, taking a drink from a cup or a wine glass or something as a mechanical part of it. Um, I think I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> so you know, does somebody um sit down twice or uh or stand up twice? That kind of thing. It can be. Does somebody actually see something out the window when they're in you know right across the room or something and they couldn't have seen it? That so it can be that kind of uh thing that is just just quite honestly a mistake. Um, 
and it can be changes that have um, have not caught my eye because sometimes I might change something like, say, the make of a car. And I mentioned that because I did this in one of the earlier books. I think it might have been Accomplice to Murder. And it's one of the things I was cross about because it didn't get picked up until a bit later on. Some kind, I think a couple of kind readers, um, possibly who had review copies, uh, said, do you know this This was uh, a Volvo here and it was something else back there? <laughs> oh, no. And because that's not a typo, you know, it's not, it's not misspelt. Both, both car makes were spelt correctly, but uh, cars can't magically change from being a Volvo to a you know, a Honda or whatever. And that's what I'd done. I'd, I can't remember what the car types were, but um, I'd obviously changed my mind about it. And uh, when you're reading through and checking things, you just see part of it. You never read uh, quite as forensically as you hope you would. Um, if that's not quite perhaps the right word. But anyway, you don't read with quite the like laser-like focus that you would hope. Much as you try, you end up... Um, skimming past words and phrases uh, when your brain sort of processes the bits that it wants to and uh, ignores the rest, I think. So, um, yeah, fascinating business reading and, and fascinating business writing too. But um, so thing, different kinds of errors, um, different um, inconsistencies of one sort or another. And I need to know about those as soon as possible because... If I find out later when I'm getting to the point where I'm just trying to mop up any last minute typos and I have to do some bit more stitching to fix a plot hole, say, there's always a danger that I'll then introduce a new typo. So um, it gets a bit uh, tense later on. Any changes that you make, you kind of uh, break into a sweat slightly if you have to make more than um, more than a few words here and there, uh, because uh, it's easy to upset something else. Um, what else can people look out for in beta reads? Things that are some writers call crutch phrases. It's phrases you over-rely on. Um, oh, yeah, one of the things I tend to do is I do a big global find on um, things like raised eyebrows and frowns and shrugs because um, when you're doing the first draft, you, t- you kind of forget how often you've used it. And in your mind, you're seeing the person shrug, and so you write down that they shrug. And when you look back, you think, okay, there are like 20-odd shrugs in this book. Is that the kind of thing that's going to annoy a reader? So I would go through. And that kind of thing, I find that almost all of them don't really add anything. And so I take them out. So, for instance, if the character shrugs and then the next bit of dialogue says, well, I don't know, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, the shrug doesn't really add anything. It lets you know who's speaking, perhaps, because it their dialogue follows it. And that's sometimes the reason I put those in, just so it it it's uh it's it's clear exactly who's speaking when. If there are two people, I don't worry about it too much. But if there are three or more people, it can get confusing for a reader. And as a reader, I kind of hate it when I don't know who's speaking, so I tend to uh, I tend to do the the saids um, or whatever. I tend to put the he said she said in fairly often, um, and I bear in mind the context of the sentence. 
So, for instance, if it's somebody being interrogated in a, you know, in, a, in an interview room by a police officer, well, it's kind of obvious who is who from from what they're saying. You know, one of them's asking questions, the other's answering or giving excuses or whatever. So it becomes fairly obvious uh, who's who in certain kinds of interaction. Um, so, yeah, I bear that in mind. Um, but, you know, I'm only human and these things do creep in and um, pieces can be confusing. Uh, what else? Beta readers can look for things that tend to drag. Perhaps they are boring or slow in some way or just not quite as good as the rest. Put it that way. If you want to be nice and polite and just think, mm, this bit just made me uh, put the book down for a bit and think, well, I'll stop there. Um, that's usually a sign, perhaps not always, but it can be a sign that um, the pace could do with picking up or perhaps there's too much detail in that part. I don't do a lot of description. Some people like that kind of exposition. I I don't like to explain things. I like to tell the story through the characters and and keep it kind of real, keep it in the moment. That said, I like to describe a little bit of the landscape because part of the book's uh, appeal is that they are in this beautiful uh, Devonshire countryside. Um, there's not quite so much of that in this upcoming book. It's not quite as much. Um, there's, there's no kind of yomping about on Dartmoor in this one, I don't think, which is a bit of a shame, really, isn't it? A bit late to put it in now. Um, because some of it occurs in a small town further along the valley and called Chagford. And some of it is set in um, Tynmouth, which is a seaside town, um, which is the mouth of the River Teen. And of course, the books are set in the Teen Valley. So it's one of those odd things where the Teen, which is spelt T-E-I-G-N, that's the name of the river, is pronounced differently depending where it is. So uh, in Tynmouth, it's pronounced just like Tin, um, even though you'd think it'd be Teenmouth, but it's not, it's Tinmouth. And um, there are places called King Stainton and Bishop Stainton, which also have the, the, the teen word in. Um, so that the tay is pronounced tain. So it's either teen, tain, or tin, depending where you are. Uh, I suppose that Combin Teen Head as well. Um, that's got that's you say it, pronounce it correctly, in, uh, same as the river in Combin Teen Head. Okay, there you go. So, but it is pronounced three different ways, depending which way you're looking at it. Um, that's kind of by the by, isn't it? But yeah, some of it is in Tynmouth. Um, some of the police action. Well, there's a bit of, I mean, there is some countryside, of course, there's actually a bit along the banks of the team. What am I thinking of? Yes, there is, um, there is, there's a nice sort of uh, stroll along the, uh, the riverbank. Um, I'd forgotten that part. <laughs> So it's such a long book. I'm rambling for quite a while now. Uh, maybe that's uh, the downside of me being at home where there's nothing to stop me, whereas normally I'd have to stop and pay attention to Lottie back in the old days or climb over a fence or something. So I will draw to a close soon. So yeah, those beta reading opportunities for keen-eyed and keen-minded readers um, should be available soon. Um and it's a bit of a responsibility uh, because I really like people to get back to me. It's not about sort of uh, throwing free books out like candy, as uh, you might think. It's it's about getting some feedback. 
and uh, hopefully things that could be improved. Oh, equally, it is nice to to hear like your favourite parts. So if somebody says, "Well, I just love this scene. I love that scene," or that's that's really good to know because then I can make sure that that scene stays in regardless of whatever else might happen. And I don't want to disappoint. I think that's the main thing is if you've read the other books and you, you're really sort of keen as mustard and you've got quite a good critical eye, I'd really like to hear from you about that. And um, I sometimes make a form for people to sign up on so that I can get everybody's email addresses all together. It's just that simple. There's no other reason behind it than that. So just uh, ask a few questions and uh, collect every people who's who want to email address and they go on a kind of um, get an email from book funnel in with the, with the book in, in ebook form. Um, I sometimes wonder whether there's other ways of doing it because it's quite difficult to, um, for people to then feed back their notes, but people usually find a way on an e-reader, you can often annotate or highlight and then look back at the highlights and then, um, People find ways of copying and uh, pasting those to me, which is uh, which is a cool thing to do. So long as I know what they're talking about, because the locations, as they call them on a Kindle, say you'll get a location and it doesn't correspond to any physical page number. So um, I usually need a few words together from a sentence. I find if I get, say, four words from a sentence, then I can find it because the chances of there being many sentences with the same four words in the same four or in the same order is fairly, fairly low chances. So I can usually get home straight into the uh, offending, um, offending piece and see what's going on with it. Okay. I am not going to tell you the title of the book yet. I um, want to have an extra little think about it because I'm, I'm just chewing over two possibilities. I need to get onto the cover designer and uh, get in touch with him, Patrick. Um, it was nice that some people, there's a site called Reedsy and I hired Patrick through, as my cover designer through the site called Reedsy.com and they have a, a nice um, art gallery of book covers and they said, could they feature Murder Between the Tides? So I said, yes, of course. And um, that's that's up there. I did share that in a couple of places. I think I put it on my Facebook page and on Instagram um, if you're interested in that. I must try and get around to putting things on the site as well. It's um, it's just keeping on top of these things is a bit of a juggle. Um, I'm aware that the newsletters haven't been coming out as regularly as they were. I was aiming for two weeks. Uh, some people find that a bit too often. At the moment, as I say, I don't have photos and uh, it's kind of one of the main things people like to have shared. So um, I've been looking and I just haven't really got anything that I haven't already shared. So. Um, I need to take some more, but we'll see. I might do one very soon or I might sort of do what a lot of fiction authors do, which is once a month. And the reason is that that is just easier. Um, it's just to keep on top of and do a proper job because I actually sit down and I take, it actually takes me, I know they don't take long to read, but that's because they take me a few hours to put together <laughs> and just to check. Um so I tell myself I should do them every couple of weeks and just keep them short. But what happens is I get carried away and I um, think, oh, I'll just put this thing in. I'll put that thing on and I'll do such and such on the website and share that as well. Um, I keep thinking of other possibilities. If you've listened to this long, you know, you might be interested in this. 
I don't know. There is the uh, the company I use, which sorts out my emails, has a kind of automated email that can go out, and it can do one every week with a a list of links back to the website, and it just gives the first, you know, it gives a a chunk of the first paragraph, a little picture. And it's kind of a little update of what's on the website. There are other ways of doing that as well. Um, but So you, you could give people like a weekly summary option. So some of you might be interested in that. So uh, maybe, you know, a, a detailed, um, nice, carefully thought out newsletter once a month with all the various news and pictures and things. And you can come and go from the other list as you want. It's it's a separate subscription. You, you sign up for it and they, they send once a week. Um, and I don't know what happens if there hasn't been anything. I suspect he doesn't send. I'm not entirely sure. I'd have to test it a bit. So I've been looking at it and I'll see. Obviously, that's it's not quite as thoughtful. It doesn't have like a nice introduction and so on. It'll just say, hi, here are some of the things from the website this week. Uh, or I could maybe do it. I'll think about it. Maybe I'll check. I don't know if it has to be weekly. Maybe it could go every so often. And that way, especially if you're a member of the website, you'd catch up and you'd be able to see the photos and things and snippets and so on, which I hope to start sharing soon. Um, The photos used to be members only, and I decided against that. I thought it was a nice perk to give to people who are members of the site, but I, I just kind of thought, so many people like the photos and not everybody wants to join up to be a member. So just kind of give people the choice. Um, snippets of new work, however, that's going to be a member's thing because I don't want those going out in the wild, which you can probably see why. It's just like pre-publication and uh, I, I don't want kind of people um, sharing it necessarily Um at that point so i might do like a tiny bit and then the rest of it you know you sign in to read kind of personal update things is uh we we keep on going on uh, we miss lottie but we uh, we keep on and uh we're going to take a little bit of time off uh next month mrs c and i so uh things will be a bit quiet uh for a bit while we have a bit of a break and I will definitely take loads and loads and loads of pictures then, that's for sure. Hopefully get a nice sort of uh, catalogue that I can share a few uh, over coming uh, weeks. And hopefully we get some better weather. Goodness me, I'm looking at pouring rain still. And uh, I'm doing lots of running, which um, I'm really enjoying. And uh, as I as I sort of get into it and work harder at it I find I can do more I can do better at it I'm getting a bit faster and go further you know I don't get out of breath and so on it just takes a little bit of work so I'm quite proud of myself at my age you know starting running quite seriously in my 50s and uh, getting into it I'm quite soon doing a half marathon so um, up in Cheltenham 13.1 miles Um, I've had a bit of a practice here and I've done almost that distance, um, about half of it uphill. So uh, the downside of living on the side of a valley is that I've either got a, anywhere you go, you're either heading downhill or uphill. So uh, I kind of do a little bit of down, then I go up a very long hill. Um, so for a t- about 10 kilometres of uphill, then I turn around and do 10 kilometres downhill. But yeah, but you know, I take it easy. I, I take care of myself. I look after my 
my feet and my joints and uh, and try and keep fit and healthy. You got to be uh, quite measured about these things. And uh, it's taken me a while to work up to that, but I'm really enjoying it. And if it's uh, only doing me good, I would say. Other than that, I have rabbited away here. It says here over half an hour. So uh, there may be a little bit of uh, uh, trimming I can do, but I don't do too much editing on these things just because it takes too long. I hope you're keeping very safe and well and uh, enjoying your reading and um, maybe where you are, the summer is coming to a, a close as we drift into autumn. I don't know. Kind of feels like that when I look at the <laughs> the grey skies, but we can have lovely weather going into September and uh, at the end of August. So uh, fingers crossed for that. Of course, you might be in a different hemisphere and having totally different weather, but uh, wherever you are, I hope you are keeping well and um, enjoying life and uh, curling up with a good book now and then. It's really been nice uh, recording this actually and having this chat. So I will, I will try and do these more often. I used to try and do them every week and um, I would try and get into that. I, I'm very tempted to do some videos, but I don't know if anybody really wants to uh, wants to see that. But who knows? Um, I do quite like doing readings and so on. So we'll see. I might try and um, try and work those into things as well. I quite like recording videos. What I hate is editing videos. Um, so they'll probably be whatever they are, probably be kind of unedited. Un, I can't even say it. Unedited. Okay. I really must uh, sign off there. Thank you very much for listening and for all your support. Huge thank you to people who've bought the books, read the books, left reviews. They are very, very welcome. Masses of reviews on Amazon. Um, the books are on other stores. It's lovely to have reviews on things like Apple, Google Play, um, Kobo. All those places uh, do um, star ratings and reviews and so on. And it all really helps. Um, I would really like to get some more readers on Google Play. So if you read on Google Play or you've bought the books there, you know, I mean, maybe let other people know and just if you've got friends or, you know, loved ones or whatever, people might be interested that that's, that's a place you can get books. Yeah, that would be nice because, um, because the, the sort of the search engine, the, the mighty Google tends to recommend books to, to, to people if it thinks they'll like them. So by getting a bit more activity on Google play, it would actually, um, help things. And if I can keep, readers uh on all those other platforms it stops me from being sucked into the only on amazon i know some people love kindle unlimited and all that but i don't approve of the way they they won't let me sell my books anywhere else in any form at all if i go into kindle unlimited so it's i i, I think that's a restrictive practice by amazon i don't like it i think it's unethical I think it's uh I don't think it's good for them really. I don't think it's particularly good for readers. Um and it drives a certain kind of uh a certain kind of marketplace that I don't particularly want to get involved in. Um also books are for everybody, is that big principle for me. So, you know, Kobo, Google Play, Smashwords is a fairly recent addition uh out there. Libraries, ebooks, uh are available in libraries via overdrive i uh i sort of get a few dollars here and there from from it so i know it must work uh libraries have to 
get the book for you, they have to pay something. And that kind of accounts for either the way I get paid either once or it's kind of per checkout. I think it gets a bit complicated, but I will get paid. Even if you're borrowing a book for free from a library, from a public library, I will uh, be getting a bit of money back from it. So, you know, it is good. Um, and other people will hopefully borrow it once that library has it on their on their catalogue. So um, you might think, oh, I've looked on Lo Overdrive or wherever your library is using and it's not there. Well, that's because your local library service hasn't uh, bought the book yet. I try to keep the prices down for libraries as well because you set those prices separately. So hopefully that's that's something we can work on as well. So, but anyway, huge thank you to people who've read or borrowed uh, the books and left reviews and ratings and so on. Massive, massive, massive thank you to the lovely kind people who've sent me a mug of uh, tea or coffee on my, by my coffee.com uh, button on the website. That is really appreciated as well. And it does add up. You know, those it's uh, $3 on there or multiples thereof. Or you, and you can do it regularly if you wish. Um, you don't get extra content on there like uh, you might with a Patreon. Um, and there are reasons for that, which I, I, I probably won't explain this now because I have gone over that in the past. Uh, because everybody gets everything, basically. What it comes down to is sort of egalitarian. And maybe not everyone can afford to do... Um, to do that, you know, send me a cup of tea. Fine, you still get everything. Uh, but if you feel that the content I give is of value and it, you know, it perks you up a bit, it gives you something to read um, and you enjoy it, you enjoy my work, you want to support me, that's what it's all about. So it's kind of an extra, um, in no means compulsory. I often think about doing extra exclusive things uh, on, on there for people, but um, we'll see if, if, that, if there's a demand for that, um, that's, that's something we can look at. Personally, that whole kind of paywall thing drives me a little bit mad when I'm looking at content. I understand people need to make money and there's the, we've got this culture of everything being free on the internet and you can read everything for free. And then suddenly you see something's behind a paywall and you think, oh, oh, that's a bit of a swizz. Well, it's not, is it really? You'd, you'd, Back in the old days, you'd go out and pay quite a lot for a magazine, say. I used to be very keen on going to a newsagent, flicking through the magazine. And, you know, I might get one on, on some hobby I had and, and and buy it and enjoy it or even subscribe and have it delivered. And think, oh, great, that magazine's come. You know, it's, I'd go and read it and enjoy it. Um, and now suddenly everything, we just look at it on the Internet and we think, oh, hey, it's all free. But it took people time to put together. And so... You know, hence is why we have coffee.com and Patreon and so on. I think uh, it's good to support creators. We will have to see whether we go down that uh, route or not. Um, and things like Substack, which is kind of a paid newsletter uh, where you can have a free version and then then you get, uh, you know, you can pay so much a month and then you get access to extra newsletters. Could be a possibility. Could be a possibility. Um, because it all just kind of helps keep the lights on. But at the moment, I like to make it voluntary. If that changes, um, I'll be sure to let people know. And I kind of, I think as well, if you want to support me, please do buy the books. And the other thing, which is totally free, just word of mouth is great. Just like tell your friends, tell your loved ones, say, I found this author, I think you might like them. You know, don't spam people. But if uh, 
if that's something you feel able to do with a clean conscience and that that would be uh, really really nice and that's like gold dust to me i really appreciate that okay once again thank you very much i will definitely leave it there look after yourselves uh take care happy reading and goodbye